We've been shut down here at St. Paul's for about a month now, and though for the most part it has been a struggle and a challenge, there are some silver linings in the midst of it. And for me, one of my favorite parts is that the building where the rectory is, which is attached to the church, is open. So the doors aren't locked, so we can come and go through the office without keys. And I've gotten into the habit, as a result, of not carrying my keys with me. But wouldn't you know it, the other night, as I was going from the chapel back over into the rectory, someone had locked the door on the first level. And uh, I was probably a lot angrier than I should have been because I had nothing else to do and I wasn't in a hurry to get there. And yet I was frustrated because the door was locked. I wanted to go somewhere and yet I couldn't get there. So often in our lives we encounter locked doors in the world around us but also within our hearts, emotionally, spiritually, and in relationships. Doors that for whatever reason cannot seem to be opened. We do this and we lock doors for a variety of reasons. First and foremost, we do it because we want to be safe. We want to protect ourselves. We also are ashamed of certain aspects of our life. We fear and we lock things up in our hearts and in 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 the inner depths of our soul so that no one can see them because we fear that if someone knows that I've done this or that I've thought this, that I'm going to be called out, made a phony. We see this so often in our, so to speak, cancel culture where people have done or said something years prior, held positions that they find abhorrent now, but because they once held them, they are made persona non grata. And so we are afraid. We lock these things deep down inside. We also lock things deep down inside, not out of fear, but out of pride and arrogance. We think that, well, I don't need to change because I'm right. And we do this in relationships. We do this in our understanding of the church and church teaching. We say, I've made a decision. I can't be moved. Therefore, I lock it up. No one can come in to my heart. No one can come into this place. I'm right. You're wrong. We choose to lock things up for one reason or another, ultimately because we desire tranquility in place of peace. We desire for the sea to be flat. We desire for there, frankly, to be no wind whatsoever and to sit in place than to be jarred a little loose to find a greater peace, a greater depth. But it is precisely for peace, not tranquility, that the Lord came into the world, that the Lord suffered and died, that the Lord rose from the dead. He came to bring peace through the locked doors to the apostles on that Easter day, which we still celebrate on this second Sunday of Easter. He came to bring that peace to Thomas, who had doubted, who was struggling in his faith, but who still desired to be a part of the apostles and a follower of Jesus. He comes to each and every one of us and offers us that peace, not outside the locked door, but within. And I think it's really telling and beautiful that the Lord shows the apostles in coming through the locked door that he is beyond space and time, that he is, as St. Thomas says, Lord and God. But he comes through the locked doors because he wants us to open those doors. And he wants to walk with us. And he breathes on us his spirit so that when we choose to open those doors and go forward, we go forward as a member of the church, one with Christ and his disciples. In other words, the Lord comes to us and offers us peace, never on our own, always in communion with himself, always with each other. 
In the first reading, we hear from Acts 2.42, the tenets, so to speak, the four things that the first disciples of Jesus did. They followed the teachings of the, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and the common life, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. The Lord came into this world as a child. The Lord came back into this world, rising from the dead. The Lord continues to come into this world and show us his face. Yes, we heard in the gospel today that we don't get to see him and touch him in the literal way that Thomas and the other apostles did. But as St. Peter reminds us in that first reading, although you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not have yet see him now that even though you do not see him now yet believe in him, you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. We can still know the Lord, we can still love the Lord, and we can see him in the teaching of the apostles, in our community as brothers and sisters in the mystical body of Christ, in the Eucharist and in the other sacraments, and in our prayers. In fact, this is where Jesus comes, and this is how he invites himself in to our locked areas of our life. When we recognize and see in the heart, in our heart, the places where we have maybe rejected the church or the church teaching, the Lord comes to us, shows us in faith, his face, and offers us peace. We come and we find and we see the Lord, and he comes through the locked doors in our community of brothers and sisters. And especially in times of literal locked doors, because of this coronavirus pandemic, we need to be incredibly attentive to, uh, in the common life, those who may be isolated, those who may not have friends and family in abundance, to let them see and know Jesus through our face and through our communication. We obviously see and know Jesus through the sacraments, the Eucharist being the prime example, and we rejoice in the day that we will be back together at the Eucharist as the source and summit of our Christian life together as one, hopefully in the coming weeks. We also see and know the Lord in prayer. The Lord comes into our locked doors. He comes through his church, both institutionally and through her teaching and personally and her people. He comes in sacrament. He comes in person and intimacy in prayer. There is no depth. There is, as we celebrate today on this Divine Mercy Sunday, no sin, in fact, where the Lord's peace cannot reach us. But just as he comes into that room with the apostles and it shocks and startles them, the first thing he offers to us is peace when we see him face to face. But sometimes we have to choose to open the doors. Sometimes we have to be bold and courageous in saying, I have a problem, or recognizing, I need help. St. John Paul II, in his first homily as Pope, said something to this effect. Brothers and sisters, do not be afraid to welcome Christ and accept his power. Help the Pope and all those who wish to serve Christ, and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind. Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors for Christ. To his saving power, open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. Do not be afraid. Christ knows what is in man. He alone knows it. So often today man does not know what is, what is within him, in the depths of his mind and heart. So often he is uncertain about the, the meaning of his life on this earth. He is assailed by doubt, a doubt which turns into despair. We ask you, therefore, we beg you with humility and trust, 
Let Christ speak to man. He alone has the words of life. Yes, of eternal life. There are places in our life where our hearts, where our lives are locked, where the door in Christ is coming to us. Open wide the doors to Christ. Do not be afraid. He offers us in his mercy and in his love peace now and forever.